Quiet Place is by far one of the best horror films I've seen in a long time. We're going to talk about that and what makes it so good. What makes certain horror films stand out among the rest? Let's get into it. on cinema where we talk about anything and everything that has left its mark on the cinematic world be it tv or film as long as it's cinematic we're going to talk about it and today we're going to talk about horror and what makes for good horror like a quiet place what makes it so good quiet place is sitting at a 96 on rotten tomatoes which is amazing for a horror film you don't get that a lot i think the last thing that was this good on Rotten Tomatoes, that was a horror film, was It. Uh, that was, that's pretty good. It's pretty good. I believe right now it actually has opened up to well over its budget, which was sitting at $17 million, And it's got $50 million opening weekend. That's crazy. That's crazy good. Um... That's low, I mean, for 17, that's that's pretty low budget nowadays for these kind of films. So they could really, they just show that you could do a lot with a very low budget. This is a film written and, well, it's written by Brian Woods and Scott Beck along with John Krasinski. Um, John Krasinski is his, is the, is the, um, one of the writers, but also the director. And he also acts in it if you haven't seen the trailer, along with Emily Blunt and um, three kids, um, Maleficent, Simmons, um, Noah June, and Cade Woodward. And one of their kids is, um, Maleficent is, she's actually deaf which is an amazing casting for this film. Uh, it really comes through on this. Um, I mean, she does a great job. I'm really glad that John pushed for her to have to be in the film to really stand out in this. It really fits for the uh, film, for the film to be this. For a person that has to be quiet but can't hear in this film is, is pretty tough. And it comes across in the film for sure. But right at top, I have to spoil this. I There's a spoiler right at the top of this movie. And just to let you know, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen the movie, it's good. Go see it. I mean, the score on Rotten Tomatoes should tell you that. But I can't spoil it. I can't tell you anything else about the movie without spoiling because it's right at the right at the top of the movie. There's some events that happen that push for a lot more in the rest of the film. This is a great film, great cast, and solid story. Um, there are creatures out there that can only hear. They're blind, but they can hear things. So you cannot make even the smallest noise or they'll find you and kill you. This is an awesome film. I mean, just go see it. 
Spoiler warning, ending now. Right at the top of the film, I mean, this is the this is the story. Right at the top of the film, I mean, besides that whole aliens can hear and they'll go after you type thing, right at the top of the film, we see that uh, one of the kids, the youngest of three, of um, John and Emily Blunt's uh, kids in the uh, actors or characters' kids in the in the movie finds a spaceship that has sound effects to it. He turns it on, and an alien kills him. Throughout the rest of this movie, that haunts um, John and Emily's character, especially on Emily's character. Um, she does an amazing job in this film. I mean, it's Emily Blunt. She, it, she kills it. John almost sees it as a burden on him that this happened. Shouldn't have let it happen, but it's, it's really sits heavy on him. Emotionally, it sits more. You see more emotion come out of Emily from it, but you see more this grief and reserve from John that just really comes through in the film. This is. This, this movie has a, an amazing start and a solid setup for this world. The beginning scene is them going through a store. And if you look carefully, anything that will make noise like potato chip bags or anything like that is left. But anything that they can take that won't make much noise when they take it with them or try to eat it they take so it's easily setting up this world where nothing they're using hand they're using uh, American Sign Language and they're they're not talking so it's very easily setting up that you cannot make a noise in this world they're barefoot they're walking on sand it's they're deep into this event that has happened that's brought these aliens on on the on this town but it's one of the best world building opening scenes I've seen in a while that just sets it up gives you everything you need to know right at the top and you're already into the film and you're you already know what's going on and even though that this is a film that doesn't have a lot of talking in it the you wouldn't a normal person would probably think that there's not a lot of sound um, design in this film, and that's quite the opposite. When there's no there's no dialogue or anything like that, every sound, and especially for this movie where sound is means death, every sound mean has to be spot on and perfect. The sound design in this movie is amazing. I it, the whole movie, you didn't want to make a sound, but everything that made a sound in the movie was very much amplified. So you know how easily they could be caught by something, by one of these creatures. It's terrifying. 
Um, there's a lot of times where I was sitting in the theater and I had a snack that I did not want to crinkle or move or put down. I just had to hold it because I was afraid of it making noise. It, they set you right up into this world and the just keeping everything, even the smallest sounds of like something being placed down was right the right type of level for that film but also leaving just an ambient space for sound in there so you can really fear any any sound that's made is it's amazing this movie isn't rated r um this is a pg-13 movie but it didn't need to be r there's not a lot of gore to it um you just see the aliens kind of go after whatever makes sound and thrash at it or swipe at it there's not a lot of gore there is a moment where a um john and one and his son run into a man that has lost his wife i believe to one of the creatures but only shows her uh, slightly cut up so it doesn't really show much gore it kind of leaves it to the imagination which is good I think this movie benefits from being a PG-13 movie you don't have a lot of uh, like um, cursing or anything like that because they can't speak they basically try to keep everything down to whispers or sign language and the gore isn't really there you don't really need to see it it it's just snippets of it. I, this is this is a great film for being. I mean, when you think R, when you think horror movies, you think R rating, but I think this movie is just shows how well they can control their story and the storytelling of it by by even making it PG thirteen. Um, this again this cast is kills it John is stoic and um, just a a solid 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 sorry I choked on my uh, breath there he's a solid father figure he he wants to protect his family does an amazing job. Emily kills it on every level. She's there's a little bit of you see her motherly side, you see her being protective. You see her really stand out in this film as a provider and a protector as well. And the kids the kids kill it. I mean they do a really good job for what they're given that they can't they have to convey everything through their looks and what they and their actions because they can't talk they they nail it um i think that emily and john's real relationship of them being married in real life really builds a connection in this film and shows that I think them being in couple 
really pulls some emotions out of them for this film that you wouldn't get from two actors that aren't married. That they, when they are together or when they're talking, it feels like they, I mean, they are married in real life, so it feels like you're seeing a married couple. It just works. It really helps build that connection with them as parents and as a couple. Um, the creatures. The creatures are very well designed. I, I believe they're well designed. They have this interesting, cool-looking kind of crab skin, exoskeleton kind of skin. It looks very crab-like, almost armorish, And they have um, this... Um, Their heads are, are sort of like a listening device, like a um, eardrum, but on the full head is an eardrum, and it breaks apart to listen to certain points where they're listening for any type of sound. It's very cool. I, I really, really liked it. There's a moment in the in the movie, though, when, and you get to see their, their heads open up more, but there's a moment in the film where Emily... And she, oh God, she kills this scene. There's a scene where she has to give birth. She's pregnant in the movie. Uh, she gives birth to uh, to her kid in a tub. And, oh man, she's awesome. But when she has the kid, she has to keep it quiet. And she makes her way down to a basement. And it's starting to flood. And she has to get the baby out of its crib and away from one of the creatures that's in there with them. The the creature, it freaked me out. <laughs> it got me really stressed. The creature swims down into the water, which I was not expecting. Ugh, man, freaked me out. It, I was like, not only can these things hear really well, but they can go underwater like, like the crabs that they look like. Oh man, got me stressed, and I was thinking that they would probably hear better underwater, but whew, that was that was a tense scene. The directing and the cinematography for this film are perfectly matched. John did a great job of directing, and the DP, the director of photography, is Charlotte Burris. Christine's she I think her work with this matched up with John's direction just like a puzzle piece there's some great shots especially the bathtub scene with when Emily Blunt's character has to give birth it there's some amazing just movements within that shot are really good and especially the tenseness of a creature being right there and she can't you know, she has to deal with this pain, but can't make a sound. It's some great shots and just awesome, awesome moment. Um, like I said, the rating for this movie is 96. It's, that's crazy. That's crazy good for a horror film. Um, but I don't know if I could, this is a horror film that is more 
thriller and suspenseful than it is built for the horror element of it. But that doesn't say that this movie is bad. This is it makes it even better. It really one of the most suspenseful films I've seen in a good time. Like in a hot minute I haven't seen this movie. I've seen a movie like this that's got me stressed and sitting on the edge of my seat. The whole movie I was sitting forward. I didn't lean back or anything that in those they've got these reclining chairs at the theater that most of the time I'll use but man that whole movie I was sitting on the edge of my seat just leaned forward the entire time just awesome um, again it builds that atmosphere of I didn't want to make a sound and wanted to keep quiet for the whole film um if anybody made noise during the movie, uh, it was, I was like, oh man, don't, don't do that. There's something coming. Something will come after you. But, but it's, it's such a good movie. I mean, go see it. All in all, I love this film. Just go see it. Really, really enjoyed Everything about it, very well directed. I believe this is John Krasinski's third film, but his first horror film. He really, really killed it. Um, just, I love this film. I'm going to buy it when it comes out. It's a solid film. It's not long. It's only an hour, 30 minutes. If you got, if you got time and if, if you want to see something good, Go see this. Solid film. Um, I'm going to talk about what makes a good movie, a good horror film, good instead of just those, you know, tons of crappy movies that you see that are supposed to be horror films that they they don't nail it. Um, they There's tons of them on Netflix and you watch them and it's just not, there's nothing there that really scares you. It's just a, jump fest of uh, jump scares and in a quiet place there's not a lot of jump scares but the jump scares I'll get into this more later but the jump scares aren't from anything that isn't uh, the creatures I think when jump scares in a movie when they're placed there they should be from something you fear not from something like a cat jumping out from a trash can or something like that or like teenagers scaring one of the other teenagers in a movie, something. It it should really be the thing that you fear, and it builds fear in you. And Quiet Place did that. Did it very, very well. I think one of the best things about a good horror film is a good story. And just like any normal film, if it's horror, drama, action... Um, co- uh, comedy the story has to work it has to pull you in and A Quiet Place does that with the very first couple of minutes it pulls you in to, and you want to know what's going on the story has to just work um, some horror will contradict itself um, their stories will leave tons of plot holes or 
go back to why is this monster or creature going after us, but it doesn't answer that question or really tells you what's going on and why. It's strange. Um, then you're sitting there asking more questions than you were scared of the movie or whatever creature or killer was in the movie. It just doesn't come off as entertaining. You're sitting there with more questions than being entertained. Um, it's, it just seems very easy to make a bad horror film. And there's tons of bad horror out there on Netflix. I mean, I'm sure so, I mean, I've seen tons of bad horror, but when you hit one that is truly amazing, that really stands out, you, you're more, in, you're entertained and you're scared. You, the scares are just, they incite the fear of whatever is there to scare you, but it brings out the fear at the right moments. Instead of just giving you a collection of a montage of scares throughout the whole movie, they don't build um, a story or a connection with the characters. And that's another big thing about horror films is the connection with the with the characters and the cast. If you don't connect with the characters, then you'll be pretty happy whenever someone dies or not even care when someone is scared or... You just want to sit there and watch them go away. You don't, you don't really have any feelings towards the film or towards the characters. You just, it's just like watching something, um, just fall over. It you have no connection towards it. Uh, it doesn't really do anything for you. It just happens. But. When you have a connection with a character that is like John's character, father, or um, Emily's character, the mother, that if there's something that happens to them, you you fear that for them. You fear that for the kids. What are the kids going to do if they lose their father? What, the, what is going to happen to the baby that Emily's holding on to throughout the film and that, that uh, baby needs her mom? and your fear for her life and you need her to survive you need her to make it through this movie so if anything gets close to her any of these creatures you you you're scared you fear for her that kind of connection with those characters builds up that fear that you want and the the scares are that much more exciting so if you're just watching a character that you don't care for and they get scared or killed, it's like, eh, whatever. Move on to the next uh, character and see what happens to them. It's it's kind of lame when you don't have good characters. Um, when, when scares happen in films, you want, when you watch a movie, you if you're watching a horror film, you want to be scared, right? They have to have horror perfect. Probably the biggest thing about horror films is you want to be scared. But a good horror film isn't just a collection of scares throughout the film. It is this build. Is it? It is this good story. It's the build with the characters, and it's the scares within the right moments 
of the film. And some horror films have all that, but they don't have the right kind of horror that matches their film. So I'll use all right. So The Shining is is a good example. The Shining is a more of a psychological kind of horror where it's more inside Jack's head and then there's strange moments that happen within the film like the the weird moments within the ballroom or the strange things that um, Jack's wife in it sees throughout the the Overlook Hotel sees just strange things things that are un undescribable and or make no sense and it confuses her and she doesn't know what to do but if you put in jump scares and crazy creatures and stuff like that in the shining it wouldn't quite work it wouldn't become the known the classic film that it is now it i don't think it would really stand out but if you look at the conjuring or um, the insidious films the, the first ones are amazing and scary and same thing with the conjuring if but if they had that more psychological type of horror in it i don't think they would stand out the way they do so if you have the right kind of horror within or scares within your film it just makes that movie pop so much more it um it's it's the right kind of you don't mix it's kind of having the right kind of mix for your food you don't mix this kind of food you don't mix that taste with with this kind of taste because it comes out bland but if you add like certain spice to this or a marinade to this it's it works and that's the same thing with with the kind of scares that you put into your into films and I think that is something that you don't normally see with good horror films. So when one does it perfectly, it stands out, just like A Quiet Place or It, or The Shining, or The Conjuring. And you, you have to have these moments, too, within the story, if... Like I said before, if you just keep scaring your audience throughout the movie, it's just a collection of scares. You have to build those moments with your with your characters and your location and your monster or killer or whatever's out there trying to kill them or ghost or whatever whatever hat you have in the film. And jump scares is one of the biggest things that you see within horror films and like I was saying before if you have the right kind of jump scares that are coming from the monster or the killer or ghost or whatever instead of a teenager reaching out and grabbing one of their friend's shoulders from the dark or a cat jumping out from behind something and giving you these kind of false scares so it's giving you something that you shouldn't be afraid of building you up to something that's not there and immediately dropping you back down it i don't think those are genuine in my opinion they're not genuine scares 
and you'll see a lot of those in horror films um, that aren't good. You just get these scares of like, bah, oh, okay, well, it's, uh, I was just a cat in a trash can, and our hero's okay, or our characters are, they're fine. So, but when you get the scares from a ghost or monster or whatever, it really stands out, makes you even more scared of whatever that thing is, and entices fear throughout the rest of the film. Instead of just like, oh, I'll bet it's just another cat or something like that. I I think those moments really stand out in good horror films. And then there's creepy, uncomfortable horror. Something that is... That... I'll use The Strangers. If you haven't seen The Strangers, definitely check it out. But that is a movie that uses a lot of creepy and unsettling moments as horror so it just gives you this unsettling feeling instead of just being on edge the entire time it just you're creeped out constantly by whatever that um whatever these people are doing or these these ghosts or something if it's just there's not really a sound effect to it there's not really a uh, boom sound to it or uh, a shocking moment to it that's just kind of in the background uh, happening. There's um, Ouija, the origin of evil, I think is what it's called, does this really well throughout the film. Not Ouija, the original movie. The prequel is better than the original. I don't know how, but the prequel just kills it. Uh, knocks it out of the park, I mean, way better than the original. But there's moments in that that are just just creepy and unsettling. And they're just placed in the background, so they, some of them are out of focus, or it's just the slightest hint of something. But it gives you this unsettling feeling throughout the whole film. And I, I really enjoyed that about that movie. But if you take... If you take all these elements at their like their you know highest moments or the best moments out of these like the you have a great story you have a great cast you have the right kind of horror for your scary film and the right kind of scares or moments and work them together it makes for a great horror film just like any film if you have the right kind of cast story shots sound design if they all work together you have an amazing film if one of these things isn't great that's okay but your movie comes out a little less than it could have been and movies like a quiet place stand out and everything for it worked just killed it and there's some great horror films out there that I would recommend to you that I think also do all of these things, uh, like 10 for 10, everything across the board did really well. I would say that's Conjuring 1 and 2, Insidious 1 and 2, um, Ouija, The uh, Origin of Evil, uh, that 
Again, that's one of my favorite horror films. They did really well. Another cool thing about that film is it's in the 70s, and they shot it like it was shot on film, but I'm pretty sure it was on digital. And every once in a while, you'll see a little cigarette burn up in the top right corner whenever, which means that there's a like a real change in the in the film. But it put you in that kind of world, or not world, but era of uh, filmmaking, which I thought was really cool. And again, you have The Shining or Scream. They they it uh, they really stand out as good horror films because they nail everything. I mean, I could list off all the great horror films like um, Friday the Thirteenth or. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street, but these stick out because they've nailed everything on that list. But you see tons of horror be put on, you know, shelves at your like local Walmart or Target or whatever, or on Netflix, that don't really stand out because they they did one of these things wrong, and it doesn't work. Like I, I recently watched, a friend of mine told me to watch. Uh, the Descent, and um, so I checked it out, and then I, then The Descent 2 is also on Netflix, so I checked that one out. The Descent 1 is a really good movie, and everything for it works. Um, all the chicks in it kick ass. The cool thing about that movie is that they, not I'm going to spoil that and spoil that one a little bit too, so if you haven't seen it, just watch it, it's good, I liked it. That one, all the chicks fight back, and I loved that. It's just cool. Like, you don't see a lot of horror films where the victims fight back. It's awesome. But then they came out with The Descent 2, and I didn't like the story to that. I didn't like what happened. I didn't like the scares in it. I thought a lot of the ideas in it were dumb. Because the cast, a couple of the casts are the same ones from the first one. But they do some dumb decisions. And the other characters also make really dumb decisions. And I have no... I don't care for them. Really. And it the movie left me with more questions than answers. I It, it felt like a, a shoddy attempt at a, a pretty good uh, original film. So things in that just didn't work like the jump scares in it didn't work you know when they were going to happen and that's not really a jump scare if you know what's going to happen when it's going to happen these things just like they just you're sitting there waiting for it to just pop out of nowhere and you know what's going to happen because they're looking around in the dark or just looking into the dark and there's just something's going to pop up you know it's going to happen it it was just not a good film and not a good scare. All in all, there's reasons for a good horror film. Adding all these elements together make amazing horror films. And you can find them easily on any list online. But A Quiet Place should, is going to be on that list now. Check it out. And uh, so I'm going to close this episode with uh, a couple of notes here. I can't review every 
film I come across. But I do have an app called Stardust, and you can find me on that app with the same name as the podcast, A Mark on Cinema. And everything I watch, I'm going to do a little, they call it reactions, but they're kind of like micro or mini uh, reviews. you got 25 seconds to, to do a review or a reaction to that movie or TV show. And I'll be doing all of my re- little reactions to whatever I'm watching on there. I may not re- go. I may not review them on here, but I will be um, putting reviews on here that of the bigger stuff, like a that come out in theaters or a big movie that's put on Netflix. It will be coming back on here, and we'll talk about it. We'll I'll give you all the thoughts on uh, on how I feel about it. But everything that I watch and check out, I'll be doing a review on Stardust. And if you want to, give me a follow on there. I'll place a link in the description to uh, to the account. But again, it's just a mark on cinema. You'll be able to find me pretty easily. And I want to give a little shout out to uh, Ben and Ashley Go to the Movies. They're another podcast. Uh, they're two friends of mine that I went to school with. They are very rad people. You should give them... Uh, Give them a little listen. They they watch a trailer, and then they go see the movie. And they have thoughts about the movie before, after watching the trailer, and then their thoughts after they see the movie. It's it's a pretty solid uh, format for their for their podcast. I really enjoy it. They're they're great people. Give them a um, give them a listen. And if you could do me a big favor and review and rate my uh, the podcast. That really helps anybody that is new to um, the world of podcast and just helps them find the show a little bit easier. Uh, and I want to hear your feedback anyway. Um, I want to see what you say. See if there's any improvements I can I can do on any of the episodes or in the future. And it really just helps others find the show. It really helps out. And... Uh, I went to go see this movie with a couple friends and a couple new friends, and I found out that one of my friends actually listens to the show, and that was kind of a pleasant surprise. I don't know why I didn't think they would listen to the show, but it's just really cool that I've got friends out there that will want to hear what I'm passionate about and what I like to do. It's just um, it's a really cool uh, thing for friends to do for do for me. I'm just I'm really wanting to thank all the listeners that are actually listening to the show and checking it out. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. It's a um it's a fun it's a fun thing to do and I really enjoy doing it. So thank you for the support and anything um you guys do for me really helps out. Thank you to all the listeners. And that is it for this episode. Thank you again for listening. And I will talk at you next time.